everybody welcome to the true crime squad i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in all things crime katie weaver hey katie hello how's it going it's going good yeah you seem a little more sober than last night's show <laughs> saying for sure i am right after that show scott called he was on his way home from umpiring <laughs> He was like, what's uh what's what's up with you? That's <laughs> like I am trashed. <laughs> and he goes, Dear God, tell me you didn't do a podcast like that. And I said, So I did. And it was but great. It was supposed to be that way. It's <laughs> like, I don't know. He's like, I'm worried. I'm concerned about this. He goes, Let's I don't know. And then today I'm like, take a look at the comments, man. Peep the comments. We also, did well. Who asked you, bud? <laughs> you don't know. Oh, really now? <laughs> well, he said, I don't know what That's you'll me. say. <laughs> I went, oh, we all know what things. you'll say now. <laughs> I said things. Yeah. You said anyway, things. That I, I'm definitely more sober tonight. Just drinking water. <laughs> Just strawberry lemonade for me. So if you don't know what we're talking about, please be sure to check out the episode we released last night. It is our very first True Crime Squad Presents Drunkumentary. Uh, it is on the shiny, happy people, Duggar Secrets uh, uh, documentary that mm -hmm. will, in fact, curl your hair. Uh, <laughs> so we had a great time. We did. We're going to be doing those regularly now as one of our episodes. <laughs> we had a good time. You're going to laugh real hard if you haven't seen it yet. We, it, I am proud of the way it turned out. I am too. <laughs> I'm happy with it. And we're, everybody wants us to do these live so that people uh -huh. can participate with us. And I think probably after last night's trial run, I think we can mm -hmm. do it. I think so too. That, that yeah. went the way we anticipated it would. So it did. I'm on board. Oh, they probably won't be like, yeah, they won't be regularly scheduled. They'll just be more of a pop up. But yeah, when they arrive, you'll you'll see us. You'll see it in our schedule when yeah. you're on YouTube or on uh, Facebook. You'll see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, other than that, we have a completely different episode for you tonight. Oh, we really do. Yeah. Oh, you guys. Oh. So goddamn mad I can hardly stand it. But we'll get there. We'll get there. But first, Katie has a little WTF news for us. Mm -hmm. I felt like WTF was perfect for this segment. However, it makes me want to create a new segment called Still Not a Drag Queen. That's happening. You're going to see I'm, that very yeah. soon. That, that it will be fabulous. Uh, however... It's not fabulous because I want to introduce you to this fool right here. This oh is Daniel Kellen Mayfield. Oh boy. That sounds like a serial killer name. Just saying. Well, maybe, but he got stopped. Not for Thank killing, God. however. For mm. filming girls in the church showers. Oh, God. Gross Daniel bastard. Was a youth pastor. 
in South Carolina. And he has been arrested and charged because he videotaped at least six different women and girls while they showered, some as young as 14 years old. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. He's charged no, with... I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Why does the church have showers? I don't know. I, I was... The articles I read, I was a little unclear on that. And some of them weren't at the church. He was actually going to women's houses and peeping in their windows. Ooh, gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I I think this was probably a serial rapist in the making. And I wonder if now that he's been charged, if other things will come out about this person. Of you know, they, they always do. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really gets me is that the church said that Daniel was caught in an incident of moral misconduct. Oh, good God. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm so tired of that apologist mm-hmm. language around mm-hmm. rape. Ooh, incident. it makes me so mad. Yes. Well, this was voyeurism, but yes. Voy- well, incident, voyeurism, whatever it is, it's always it bullshit is, like yeah. this. Of moral misconduct. Yeah. So. Oh, sexual assault. Yeah. Oh. So the incidents date back to July 2022. So we only really know of some of them, I think, I suspect. But mm-hmm. here's what happened. One of the staff members at the church was taking a shower at her home and saw a light out the window that looked weird to her. And she went and looked out the window and saw him standing in the backyard with his phone up filming her. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. So this woman and her sister uh, basically chased him into the backyard uh, and confronted him. And then they called the police. Well, when the police got there, uh, when they caught up with him, they reviewed his phone and he had filmed at least five other young women at the church, including children in the bathroom. Oh, my God. That's so horrific. Mm-hmm. Yep. This kills me, though, what one of the parents said. One of the parents told uh, the judge they had entrusted Mayfield with their children. She said he took advantage of them in a vulnerable situation. And this is just not a one-time deal. It seems to be going on much longer. We don't feel like he needs to be released for any reason. Well, yeah, you think? But they also said that this is their church family and they just couldn't imagine that anybody would do anything like this. People, your children are not safe at church. No, they're no more safe at church than they are anywhere else in the world, and maybe less. Yeah. Stop trusting these men with yeah. your children. It's right. happening over and over and over again. Stop. Yeah. And it's not an attack on churches, it's an attack on pedophiles, the real yes. ones. But you know where they find a lot of kids? At church. At church. You know who's not going to believe for a second that you're going to hurt their kids? People at church. Yep. It's definitely a vulnerable situation in which you mm-hmm. give other people power and authority over yourself and your kids. Mm-hmm. It's time to wise up on this. It absolutely is. God. So charges have finally been filed. This happened over a year ago, but charges have finally been filed. Whoa. What took yeah. so long? Good question. 
bunch of bullshit. That's what mm -hmm. I'm sure it was. Yep. So we'll keep an eye on this one, but uh, yet again, not a drag queen. No. Good Lord. Well, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. Okay. Okay, squad. We got to talk about Natalia Grace, right? This is little Natalia Grace. You probably all know this story, or you but think you, do. If you don't, or you think you do, but you probably don't. Natalia Grace is a child who was adopted out of a Ukrainian orphanage in 2002-ish by a family, an American family, who then, about a year after they got her, decided they didn't want her anymore. This is a really disgusting thing that is happening in adoptions all over the place. Because it turns mm -hmm. out adopting children is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And kids who've lived in an orphanage or who've been in abusive homes, guess what? They have some challenges. They need help. It's not going to be you just run in and save them, you know? This white savior complex just oh, it aggravates mm -hmm. me so much. Anyway, so what happens with Natalia Grace is that this adoption agency is sort of getting some help from the uh, Little People of America organization because Natalia Grace has a very rare form of dwarfism. I am not going to try to pronounce it because I am definitely going to get it wrong. It's a very long word, but it, there's only like... 3,400 people in the U.S. with it. Like, it's rare. Mm -hmm. So when the original family doesn't want her anymore, the adoption agency starts shopping for new parents. This is so dangerous and scary mm -hmm. to be doing. And we find out that a couple of different um, families where the parents are little people were approached. Mm-hmm. And then this felt real dicey and they pulled out because the family, the original adoptive family, they wanted money to adopt her. They, wanted, they wanted the new family to pay all the medical bills that they had already paid for her. They were oh, my God. Selling her. They wanted, well, not, you know, in a way they wanted money. They wanted payment for her. So two different, uh, well, no. one woman, well, well two different When they adopted her, did they know she was a little person? Uh, yes. They did. So her mother was pressured into putting her into an orphanage when she was born with this form of dwarfism. Mm. And told not to ruin her life. And she could have other children. And so this child was just thrown into the system with oh. a really significant disability yeah, and a very vulnerable person. So two different couples who are, who were little people said no, because they met her, they met the mother. It was all real sketchy. It, she acted like there'd been abuse and then they wanted money and it just, none of it felt right. And so mm. they said no. So enter Michael and Christine Barnett, two American dumbasses. So the way that Michael Barnett says this is that they were doing 
extremely well. They had three sons and they were making really, really good money. They just moved into this fancy house. They had all these nice cars and all this money. And they decided, you know, we're just doing so well. What we should do is just adopt a child. This is a terrible reason to adopt a child, okay? This is total ego. It is mm-hmm. white savior bullshit. Mm-hmm. And how often have we seen it? Mm-hmm. As an adoptive parent, this kind of stuff makes me sick. So the Barnetts, and they it's not that like they couldn't have children. It was, we are so rich and white. Why don't we just, you know, mm-hmm. share the wealth with someone? who, you know, they clearly expected would just be extremely appreciative of them. Right. Which we're going to get to that. So they had had um, a situation where they were maybe going to adopt a baby in Haiti. And then some things happened in Haiti and that fell through. And they get this phone call (coughs) from this adoption agency. They're Natalia Grace, who was six years old. But it's real sketchy. They have 24 hours to make a decision. Whoa. Yeah. And so being the, frankly, idiots that they were, they said okay and jumped right in and and adopted her. What was happening... If you adopt a child in the U.S., they are your responsibility. And if you turn them over to the system, child protection, give them away, you will be charged with abandonment right. because that sure. is your child, legally, your child. Right. So the adoption agency is trying to help them just real quick pass her on over to somebody else who avoid being charged with child abandonment. And don't think that this is the only time that this has happened because this is a rampant and disgusting mm-hmm. problem in this country. Mm-hmm. So that's why all the rush and that's why all the cloak and dagger shit, because they want to do this under the table real quick before any you know public agency figures out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So the Barnetts take Natalia. Mm-hmm. And you know, Natalia, she's got some problems. Well, of course she does. By her birth mother into an an uh, orphanage, adopted into a family who only kept her for a year and then threw her away to someone else. Uh, I would be very concerned. Because they just didn't want her anymore. Yeah. Now, do we really know what the problems were for real? Like, honestly, no, I don't know. Lots of things were reported later by the Barnetts that she kept knives under her bed. That wouldn't surprise me at all for a child who's been through the things that she's been through for safety. Mm -hmm. But they said that she told them that they, she would be standing at the end of their bed with a knife and that she said she was going to kill her adoptive mother and that she was going to kill her adoptive siblings and, and her adoptive dad. And that, you know, there were all these statements made about her. But now that we know a little more about this situation, no one really knows if any of that is even actually true. Right. And even if it was true, she would definitely have emotional disturbance through all of the things that she has been through. That is Mm -hmm. not surprising. Right. She's not a stuffed animal. She's a human being who is damaged and injured 
from yeah. everything she's been through. Like it shouldn't right. be a surprise to people, but somehow it is. But to the Barnetts, it really was. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point in a documentary I watched today, uh, Michael Barnett's sister made a statement about how ungrateful she was. She's six. You think that children who are adopted out of a system like that and have been abandoned are grateful? They have been failed by every adult they have ever known since birth. Mm-hmm. They are not grateful and they do not have to be grateful. Not at all. That is something to be earned over time. But their they don't first actually owe you that. Is mistrust. Yeah. Duh. Ugh. Anyway, so y'all probably know some of the story. There was a, a news article that came out a few years ago that Natalia Grace was actually an adult pretending to be a child, using her dwarfism as as a cover for all of that, and that it was similar to the movie The Orphan, because there's a movie where that does happen. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like kind of the whole world believed that, at least mm-hmm. for a while. But there is so much more to this story. So after the Barnetts adopted her, and they have reported things like, and I don't know if any of these things are true, because this is coming from two very difficult human beings, Uh that at six, Natalia Grace had pubic hair, and that not long after that, she started her period. And everyone said that, that she can't, she has to be much older than what she said. There's no way physically that can be true. Now, you got to remember, she has a really significant uh, genetic condition. Right. We don't know for sure if that could happen for her or not, or mm-hmm. if those stories are even true. Right. Because the Barnett's tell a lot of cover your ass kind of stories. Mm-hmm. So over time, the Barnett's report that they're just absolutely terrified of her and they think she's trying to kill them and So they take her to a doctor who says she's a sociopath and that there's nothing they can do for her and they send her home. And then there's another incident that uh, they get really scared because they swear that she just that they swear that she put poison in her um, adoptive mother's drink, that there was a cleaning product poured into her drink. Now, would a child know that that would kill someone? Did the child even do that? We don't know. We don't know. Also, do we diagnose six-year-olds as sociopaths? No. No. You don't. You Never. Sure don't. So then there's this story that Natalia Grace tries to drag her stepmother into an electric fence to kill her. Natalia Grace, who's two and a half-ish feet tall, Uh has pretty significant dysplasia in her hands and problems with all of her joints. Her adopted mother, Christine, who is a full-sized adult Uh without dwarfism. Uh Yeah, okay, whatever. There's this whole big ridiculous convoluted story. I'm not going to tell it. An electric fence is going to kill her? No. 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 They were at a farm doing this cow milking thing for one of the brother's birthdays and this whole story gets told so Mm -hmm. uh the police are called and the police say well this child is six years old we don't arrest her there must be something wrong and they take her to a hospital everybody is confused about her age 
And they actually take her in the hospital from the children's unit and put her in the adult unit. Because she talks about sexual things. And I mean, are you not aware that children who have been sexually abused say rather shocking sexual things? Yeah. Anyway, so she spends quite a bit of time in this hospital. And during this time, Michael uh, Barnett says that one of the things that the police recommended to him is that they needed to go to court and have her age adjusted because clearly she's not the age that she should be. Now, how this, this happened in Indiana, okay? How this judge did this, I don't know. They have, oh, they have a few things. So they say that from the time that she was brought into the United States to, to up to these incidents happening, she hadn't grown at all. And so they're trying to say that that means she's fully grown. She's an adult. Then there's the pubic hair and the period thing. And they use all of that as their evidence that she is not actually a child but that she is an adult and she is faking being a child in order to murder her adoptive family. Oh, for the love of God. So the judge in all of his infinite wisdom Mm -hmm. says, well, I think you stopped growing about 18. And so I'm just going to add four years to that. So you're 22 and he gives her a new birth date and ages her up. Oh my god. At this point, she's eight. Ages her up to 22 years old. So legally, she gets new ID, new birth certificate, new everything that gives her birth year as 1989 rather than 2003. And she's an eight-year-old who is in absolutely no way shape or capacity to take care of herself in any way. Oh my god. No. So the Barnetts, who clearly are in way over their heads, decide now this is their opportunity to uh, get her her own apartment so that she doesn't have to live with them anymore because they don't know what to do with her. So they get her an apartment. And they sort of bring her food and occasionally come and help her out. But she didn't she couldn't even reach the stove or the washer She didn't know how to do anything. Anything. Sure. So she's living in this apartment and she becomes quite a menace to her neighborhood because she doesn't know what, what is, she's eight years old. What the hell is she supposed to be doing? You know, and certainly has some disturbances. Yes, definitely has some psychiatric disturbances, has some developmental limitations because kids do not develop when they go through this kind of trauma. No. So psychologically, mentally, she's not, has not been developing. Well, right. She's Anytime. Not in school. Not yeah. In school. Not in school. Of course not. She's already been through school. Don't you know? She's 22. Apparently. Cause you can just add 14 years to somebody's life at any moment. What the hell? So in the documentary I watched, which is called uh, the curious case of Natalia Grace, it's on ID please watch it with a grain of salt. Michael Barnett is the craziest person I've ever met in my scene on TV in my whole life. Mm. Uh, it is wild. And everything is from his perspective because he basically blames everything on Christine and she doesn't participate in this story. 
uh-huh. and in this documentary. So, and he's a terrible actor, guys. Go watch it. You'll be like, what the fuck? This could but, have been a documentary. Uh, it really could have. <laughs> I know. I was like, do I do this or do I? Yeah. Anyway, it's wild. So it's told from his perspective. And so there's a lot of stuff that you're just not really sure about. But they interview a lot of the neighbors in this first apartment that she lives in. And they talk about how she breaks into their houses to eat their food. And if she sees them out on the street, she'll stop them and talk to them for a long time. And they have trouble getting away from her. She's lonely. She's hungry. She's asking adults to help her. She's a child who has no idea how to take care of herself or what the hell she's even doing. Scary. It must have been staying in that apartment at night alone and so scary. Yeah. So the thing that gets her in a lot of trouble in this apartment complex is her trying to hang out with the other with children. Because she tells everyone that she's 22, that she may seem small, but that's because she has dwarfism and that she's 22, because that's what her parents have told her to say. Sure. So all of these people living in this community are just flummoxed by her. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Is she, she says she's 22. She doesn't seem like she's 22. She wears the same clothes for days on end. She has body odor and her hair is dirty. Like she's not bathing. She's always hungry. Like she's not feeding herself at home. She's breaking into people's houses. She's hanging out with people's little boys that turn out to be right around her age, her mm-hmm. actual age. Yeah. Um, so she lives there for about a year. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of challenges and when because she's bothering people. Mm-hmm. So when that lease is up, they basically are like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get out of here. So throughout this time. DCFS, the the, um, Child Protection Services, they're still investigating this situation. Mm -hmm. And they're still looking into Christine and Michael because they're like, what the hell is going on here? Mm -hmm. She appears to be a child. What are you doing? So they're trying to investigate them for neglect and, Mm -hmm. you know, all this stuff because they're like, this kid is not 22 years old. This is insane. Mm -hmm. Um. So Christine gets real tired. And I got to say, I'm going to say some things that Christine did. I don't know if Christine did these things or if Michael did them. Who did them? Because this is Michael's word. He's wackadonkulous for sure. So someone decided that they needed to move her out of the county where they had been living so that the child protection people would leave them alone. Of course. Mm -hmm. So they move her to Lafayette, Indiana, three counties over. They stick her in an apartment. It's a second floor apartment oh, with no, no elevator. Oh. And they basically uh, dump her with her food stamps card. And they move to Canada. <gasps> Legit. They move to Canada they have a son. Their oldest son is has autism and he's a genius. He's already completed his bachelor's degree when he's like in middle school or junior high. And he has an opportunity to go to a university in Canada to get his master's degree. So they move. They just dump her and they move to Canada and leave her. Oh. Well, of course, what does she do? She starts bothering people because, you know. She's a child. 
child. She doesn't know. For a while, they took her cell phone away because they were mad at her and didn't want her to be able to call them. Finally, she gets her phone oh. back from them. This whole thing is so gross. So she meets a neighbor who helps her out. And, you know, but again, everybody's like, what in the hell is going on with this girl? Well, one day she just vanishes. And, you know, the Barnetts have completely dumped her. Yeah, they don't. But care. she was supposed to be going to a GED center. They had given her an apartment that was near a GED center. It was also in a real shitty, oh. drug dealery, dangerous part of town. How she nice was of them. To... Was she grateful yeah. enough? <laughs> Clearly not. But I don't think she has to be grateful to these idiots yeah. for anything. So she's supposed to be going to this GED center working on getting her GED. Because, you know, she's 22. No, hmm. she's not. And at this point, she was probably nine. Nine or ten is and where really she's had at probably never time. really been to school. Never really consistently went to school. No. Yeah. So I think the GED center might have figured out that uh, she was not twenty-two. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the GED center calls the Barnetts and says, uh, "Have you heard from Natalia? We haven't seen her in days. We can't get a hold of her. We're really worried about her. What's going on?" Well, of course, they don't fucking know because they don't pay any attention to her at all. But they're they another out of the country. Oh. So, you know, Michael Barnett said, oh, they tried everything to try to find her. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, whatever. Sure, Jan. I'm and just then sure that's true. The GED center calls back and says, it's okay, we found her. And they found her living with this couple. Because this couple recognized that she's an actual child living alone and they took her in oh and they basically became her family sure and there's been a lot of ignorant accusations against them that they wanted her food stamps or her social security or whatever but she lived with them clear up until she was an actual adult and they just oh, the only have... responsible adults in the room okay yeah yeah they even tried to take legal guardianship of her but they couldn't because, you know, she was already an adult. Air quotes. Insane. So she's okay, fortunately, because this is one damn resilient girl. Well, it's a miracle she's alive. An absolute Isn't it? miracle. It's an absolute miracle yeah. that she's alive. So yeah. um, Christine immediately calls these people up and tells them all this ignorant shit about Natalia and says ter terrible things to Natalia about what a, you know, she says, you need to know she's dangerous and she shouldn't be around your children. And she's a, she's a psychopath and she's going to kill you and your kids and blah, blah, blah. All the stuff that they'd accused her of in their home. Mm -hmm. And Cynthia was like, click. And just didn't talk to them anymore. Mm -hmm. Thank God, because. Yeah. So anyway, Natalia's okay. People are raising her and taking care of her mm -hmm. at this point. Well, throughout all of this, police are still pretty flummoxed by this whole situation. Mm -hmm. They really want to see Michael and Christine get some comeuppance here, right? So Michael and Christine divorce in 2014. And he comes back to Indiana. And this police officer starts talking to him. And Michael is an idiot and sings like a songbird about everything that they've done and blames all of it on his wife, his ex-wife, and about how mm -hmm. she's so abusive and they make all of these allegations. 
that I have no idea if they are true or not. Alleging all kinds of physical abuse on Christine's part and all this stuff. And, you know, the whole time that Michael is telling the police these stories, he's the adopted father in this situation mm -hmm. who is present for all of this terrible stuff. Right. Kind of like, well, you're just as you, culpable there, there, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so, in 2019, I think, they actually charge Michael and Christine with abandonment and some child abuse charges. Because they're like, we cannot let these people just get away with this shit, right? Right. Well, Michael's case went to court last year. Uh-huh. He was found not guilty on one charge and all of the other charges were dropped. Because legally... She was an adult when all of these things supposedly happened. And so just in April of this year, mm -hmm. uh, all of the charges were dropped against Christine and she never even went to trial. My God. So ID has just done a big documentary on this. And there's another one coming out from Natalia's perspective that's coming out in a couple of months. They met with uh, Natalia's birth mother in the Ukraine. They found her. They did a DNA test to prove that she is, in fact, her mother. Uh -huh. And then kind of got the story of what happened with Natalia. Uh -huh. And she says that Natalia was born in 2003. And she has her Ukrainian birth certificate. Like, it's all lining up. That this kid yeah. is not an adult who tricked the Barnetts into adopting her so she could murder them. She was a terribly abused and neglected child with a with a debilitating disability who has been treated like absolute shit by all these Americans who were supposed mm -hmm. to have been there for her. Mm -hmm. The first family and the second. Oh, my God. Yeah. Horrific. So absolute trash. Yeah. It just makes me sick. But I don't think for one second that Natalia Grace is like the orphan. No, I don't. No. This is Natalia now. So she'll be, she's 20 this year. Mm -hmm. And she does, uh, we'll see another documentary come out, uh, her sharing her side of the story and, and what happened and what she remembers. Mm -hmm. And, and, and. It may be that there's not a lot that she remembers because she's been a terribly traumatized child. But I got to tell you, I don't believe the Barnetts for one second no. that any of that shit really went down in a way that was dangerous to them. No. Do I think that Natalia was a really troubled, damaged, traumatized little girl? Of course yeah. she was. How could she not be? But are the Barnetts the victims in this situation? No, they are fucking not. No. But Perfect. whatever doctor deemed a six-year-old a sociopath should have some answering to do. Should if definitely. that even happened. Uh, but also, whatever judge just made that decision, how could they have not approved dentally how old she was? Right. Well, and, and they have gone back in the documentary. Right. Well, and in the documentary, they go back and talk to her pediatrician who says he has um, x-rays that show that her gross plates were still open when he, mm -hmm. she was his patient, that she was most definitely not an adult and not mm -hmm. fully grown. And maybe she hadn't grown 
because of a tremendous amount of stress and neglect and abuse and maybe malnutrition, because I've got to tell you, no one has treated her decently at all until the family that took her in when the yeah. uh, Barnett's completely abandoned her and moved to Canada. So I'll talk about this again after her side of things comes out because yeah. I'm very curious to hear what she has to say. Well, that's going to but be heartbreaking. The yeah, thought of an really... eight-year-old child, especially from another mm. country, just thrown into an apartment all alone and expected yeah. to just take care of themselves and be okay. Yeah. And she managed to live through that. Yeah. In two different apartment situations mm -hmm. and managed to find some people who gave a shit about her. Right. I mean, huge props her. to them and to her. What a little badass that she was able She's to get through this. Amazingly resilient. Absolutely. But you will never convince me that she was an adult pretending to be a child. No, she wasn't. Well, obviously she wasn't. There's proof that she wasn't. Right. The proof is in right. the DNA. Well, and the girls' parents were, they were so unprepared to be adoptive parents, to not just be loved and appreciated by their child. That's not how any of this works. No. I just read today about a mommy blogger who, I guess a couple of years ago, they were all set to adopt a baby out of, I believe, Thailand. And then as they were like, getting close to finalizing the adoption they learned that there's a law in that country that you cannot for a year after you adopt a child from their country mm -hmm. post about them on social media post pictures videos or anything or speak about them publicly for their safety right and that just didn't work for them because we have a youtube that's really popular and we just can't do that so they pulled the plug on that adoption because they weren't yeah. going to be able to exploit that child for views. Yeah. Adoptions for likes. That's yep. bullshit. Yep. And somebody, anyone adopting a child from another country and a child who's been in an orphanage needs a hell of a lot of education mm -hmm. and training and, and support follow up after mm -hmm. the adoption. None of this. You got 24 hours to decide bullshit. Mm-mm. Well, in that first family that was demanding repayment for all of her medical bills. Yeah. No, bitch. You adopt a kid. You agreed to that. And they knew right. she was a little person. They knew that she had this disability. Right. Oh, it. Th 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 I'm just horrified and disgusted. Yeah. This story makes me so goddamn mad. I can hardly see straight. Yeah. But go watch the, the documentary. Please. Let me know what you think of Michael Barnett, because that dude needs meds. That's all I'm mm -hmm. saying. There's some issues there. So he, of course, you know, throws his ex-wife completely under the bus and everything was her and none of it was him and blah, 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 which no way in hell. That's true. No way in hell at all. But she's just not speaking at all and has an mm -hmm. attorney. And I'm like, that's the smart thing to do in this situation, not the get on TV and act like a lunatic mm -hmm. instead. Because he did. Mm. Wow. But it's sad because the Barnetts are never going to face any repercussions no. for what they've done to this poor kid. Mm -hmm. wow. Not cool. No. Well, Katie, I know that you're going to finish this up with some weird crime time. Hmm.
probably the most Canadian story that ever Canadian. Okay. Oh boy, <laughs> is it a? Eh? This is the bakery in uh, British Columbia, Vancouver, uh, British mm -hmm. Columbia. This boy broke the glass and broke into a bakery. See him slip, slipping through the door. Well, it was hard work. After he got busted in there, he sat in a chair and rested for about 15 minutes. Then he went into the back and gathered up cleaning supplies and cleaned up his mess from breaking the glass. <laughs> then he took the cell phone that was there charging, that is the bakery's phone, and took a whole bunch of selfies of himself in these big orange sunglasses. <laughs> Hung out a little bit longer. Then pack packaged himself up six cupcakes. They were the, uh, I believe, the chocolate cupcakes with champagne uh, uh, frosting. Something like that. Champagne mm, something. Good taste. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, six chocolate champagne cupcakes to go. And then he left. And... <laughs> So they have this, these videos of him, you know, doing this stuff and the pictures that he took of himself on the cell phone. <laughs> well, then he went home and gobbled down those cupcakes and grew a conscience. They were conscience cupcakes, apparently. I don't know what she puts in those, but we need more of those, especially here in the U.S. Uh, Sounds but like it. He felt bad about what he did. So he called him up and he said, I'm the guy that did the thing. And how much is it going to cost to repair that door? And I'll pay for that. And, and he also wanted to pay for his cupcakes. Uh, <laughs> so he offered to pay them $800 to fix the door and to uh, take care of the cupcake situation. And he also wanted to know if they wanted him to throw in his orange sunglasses as a gift. <laughs> what? Now, the woman who owns this bakery is the nicest human on the planet. And he's just kind of, she's made some TikToks about it. She's kind of, kind of just made it kind of a joke. And she, uh, she doesn't want to press charges. <laughs> uh, the police are looking into it, but she said uh, she can tell that uh, he's just a, a kid who made a mistake and we all make mistakes and, you know, he's trying to make up for it and uh, wants to pay for his mistakes here. And she doesn't want to, doesn't want to press charges. She just wants him to be able to put it behind him. Uh, but she did design a brand new cupcake. <laughs> that are the chocolate champagne cupcakes. But she designed a special cookie with big orange sunglasses that looks like big orange sunglasses that uh, goes on top of the cupcake. So that's what she did instead. So it sounds like all's well that ends well. Uh, I, I guess so. Apparently not going to be facing charges for this. He is paying restitution for his crime. She's hoping that he learned his lesson. And she said next time, just come in during business hours. Right. Just come buy the cupcakes, dummy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think it's pretty cool for her to give him a shot. But if he does this again to anybody. Slamma. Yeah. yeah. For the slammer. But uh, as it sits right now, it sounds like uh, he probably will be probably will be let off the hook. So <laughs> there you have it. That's the uh, the cupcake caper. 
That is definitely the most Canadian story I've heard in a very long time. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I lived in Canada. Oh, very polite. The Barnets don't live there anymore, so it'd be okay. <laughs> oh, Canada didn't want them. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. Well, I mean, come on. He cleaned up his mess after shattering the window. What kind of criminal <laughs> does that? I genuinely don't know. Just this guy. Mm -hmm. So that's it. That's what I've got. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for that. I mean, that lightens things up for us just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to go out on a light note. I mean, it does help, definitely. Well, uh, we will be back Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain for our Wednesday night case updates episode. And we'll be back with more drunkumentaries and more episodes like this and just more of everything. So, you know, stay tuned. <laughs> we are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. <laughs>